Hey Rewatchers, this week's episode is brought to you by the Highlander 25th Gathering Convention in Los Angeles in celebration of the unique and enduring legacy of the Highlander television series. The convention will take place Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, October 20th through the 22nd at the LAX Crown Plaza on West Century Boulevard in Los Angeles. We here at Highlander Rewatched could not be more excited about this convention, which will feature guests such as the Highlander himself, Adrian Paul, Elizabeth Grayson, Jim Burns, Stan Kirsch, Peter Wingfield, David Abramowitz, Efron McAsh, Anthony Delongis, and James Horan, who you may remember from his turn as Grayson in Season 1's Band of Brothers. Not only will you be able to meet the immortal swashbuckling stars of our favorite television series, but there will be amazing interactive classes offered as well. Sharpen your skills with the blade in Adrian Paul's sword experience. Go toe-to-toe with Efron McAsh in his knife combat class. Experience supersonic speeds with Whipmaster to the Stars, Anthony Delongis, and find inner peace and tranquility in Elizabeth Grayson fan kata class. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for us mortals, so make sure to head over to HighlanderWorldwide.com for details, tickets, and hotel booking info. We can't wait to see everybody at the Highlander 25th Anniversary Convention, Friday, October 20th through Sunday, October 22nd. Head on over to HighlanderWorldwide.com. Again, that's HighlanderWorldwide.com today to get your tickets. We've done so many things. Imagine how much we could teach them. About money, and murder. About redemption and forgiveness. And you're the expert. I studied with the Buddhist monks in Cambodia, Burma, India. There were many teachers, many religions, some wisdom, some humanity. And John Kieran? No one anyone would know. He was just a simple man who died serving others. I took his name to honor him. Cage died when I became Kieran. And you became God. Not God, just his humble messenger. Well, we don't play God or his messenger. Not now, not ever. We don't have the answers and we don't make miracles. I'm using my immortality to make this a better world. Why is that so wrong? Because everything you say is a lie. We're beasts when we kill, men when we judge, God when we forgive. Maybe God has forgiven you, but I sure haven't. You ever hear the one about the ex-con who murdered the reporter? Welcome to Highlander Rewatched, the podcast where each and every week we talk about another facet of the Highlander universe. I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Amy. And welcome to this week's episode, episode 13, Blind Faith. Uh, Before we jump into this week's episode, we got a little bit of reader mail. Reader mail. So, Lee F. writes us. So, here's a brain twister for you. Lee's words, not mine. Is Hugh Fitzcarran at some point Roger Daltrey in the Highlander universe? We know that the Who exists in the universe from the Kurgan, who quotes the opening line of Rock of Ages, it's better to burn out than to fade away, which is a line spoken by Daltrey. Also, would he have performed with Byron? So what do we think, guys? Uh, <laughs> My answer is no. No what? Yes. The who, <laughs> yes, Roger no, Daltrey. yes. <laughs> so my answer is... Yes, Roger Daltrey exists in the universe of Highlander, 
no, Hugh Fitzcarran is not Roger Daltrey. He's uh, not going around being treated as one of the biggest rock stars of all time. Right. That's you know, true. he would still be Roger Daltrey. Like right. that would be his current alter ego. Yes. In the universe of Highlander, if he were in fact Roger Daltrey. There's no reason to believe that is the case. Mm-hmm. Ergo, true. we can safely conclude he is not the Roger Daltrey of Who fame. <laughs> Though there is a theoretical frontman of Who who may or may not be called Roger Daltrey. There's probably an episode where Roger Daltrey and Hugh Fitzcarran do like a Prince and the Pauper type thing. Yeah. Where they switch they switch spots. And they do like a, a mime in front of a mirror sort of mm-hmm. act where they hold yep. up their hands and look at each other yep. in astonishment. Yeah, that, that's mm-hmm. one of the episodes in season this, five. Yep. Is, hey, let me write this down. This is all gold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you would make this episode better if you Fitzgerald <laughs> met Roger Daltrey. And they performed live together. It's the same with Xavier. Mm-hmm. Does Xavier and I forget Roland his name. Gift. Roland Gift. They would have to exist also. At some point, does a fine young cannibal song play in Highlander? I think in the yes, follow-up. It does. Oh, it does. It does. Yeah. It's not in the first episode. It's in the follow-up episode. Yeah. Yeah. That's really weird. Yeah. Yeah. But also, I, I Lee, you cite the Kurgan saying one of the lyrics as a reason the Who exists. Well, one that's in the movie, and the movie and the TV show could be seen as not connected maybe but like they, also they flirt with that yeah dangerous but also like the yeah. line it's better to burn out than to fade away is that a hugh a hugh a who well that's the reason he's called hugh Fitzcarran is because he's the front man of the who that's mm-hmm. a, that that was your theory from no earlier. that's a fact that that's, i stated what's your citation on that you stating it earlier mm-hmm. okay that makes sense in some ways i'm an expert on highlander hosting this <laughs> podcast so i believe me anyway but isn't facts. that line not like straight up a, a who quote like isn't that from a poem like i feel like that's a right. riff on something like that's a line that's existed for a long time in some form i don't I know i associate idea. that with neil young i don't actually know if that's a yeah. line that oh maybe it is neil pretty- young is what well. like yeah maybe lots of people had said have said stuff like that definitely <laughs> neil young you're right that's i mean that's who i associate it with but so maybe the who doesn't exist in this universe and he's just saying <laughs> It's better to burn out. Good Kurgan impression. Yeah, yeah good. sounded just like him. Yeah. But Kurgan uh, is a big Neil Young fan. I know his name. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, very uh, good. Is Slan here? Hi. <laughs> okay. Let's jump into this week's episode, shall we, guys? Let's. All right, this week we're talking about uh, Season 3, Episode 13, Blind Faith. This episode was first aired February 13th. 1995, the day before Valentine's Day. Aww. All right, this episode was directed by Jerry... Sicuriti! There it is. Jerry Garcia? Jerry Garcia. Uh, Yep. I'm more of a funky monkey man myself. (laughs) This is his first and only Highlander episode. Oh. Um, He did a bunch of horror movies in the 80s. He's done lots of TV. Specifically, a lot of, like, Canadian TV. So, he's made the rounds, but only one episode from him for Highlander. Uh, This episode was written by Jim Makachuk. Uh, this is his first of two Highlander episodes. Uh, he directed some episodes of the Heathcliff cartoon. A lot of animation with this guy, too. Oh, good. And he was the guy who wrote the very first Gentle Ben. I know we've talked a lot about Gentle Ben 2. The Gentling. Gentling. <laughs> uh, but he wrote the first one. How about that? Wow. Yeah. It all, this is a close-knit community. That. Yeah, so another like children's writer. Very strange. I think that's a bold assumption that Heathcliff is for kids. <laughs> I've always thought of it as the adult Garfield. That's true. Where's that sexy like workout cat? Mm. I know what you're talking about. She had the, the high socks. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. She was sexy. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on here? Nothing. <laughs> yes, uh, I know. I know one cat who'd be into that. Hoo-hoo. 
Ooh. All right, so we got two guest stars in this episode. We got Conrad Dunn as Matthew, and we've also got Richard Lynch as John Kieran or Cage. Richard Lynch actually died in 2012. Oh, um, that's a bummer. No, in the movie 2012 with... Uh, oh. Yeah, no, he's still alive. No, I'm just kidding. He's also dead. No. <laughs> oh, shit. No, he died. Uh, Did but he die while filming the movie 2012? Mm-hmm. Hmm. That is, yeah, both one and the same. He died in the year 2012. Filming the movie 2012. That's sad. Yeah. So uh, he's been in a ton. I remember him some, from Star Trek. Isn't he in a bunch of Star Trek? Next Generation. Yeah. yeah. I didn't write down who he was. I recognize him as a voice from the cartoon show Phantom 2040. Oh, yeah. The only person who would recognize any voices from the show Phantom 2040. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> An odd aside, the same company that released the Highlander cartoon show, mm-hmm. like they released three episodes cobbled together in a movie. And the, the VHS case was like those old Disney cases where they look look like a book. Oh, the like puffy, the clam, yeah, the the puffy, puffy clamshell yeah. thing. They did a Highlander, the animated series, but they called it Highlander the movie. And they also what? did one for Phantom 2040. Interesting. Yeah. I associate the Highlander cartoon with this. I remember playing the video game Ooh, yeah. Phantom 2040. They also did a Phantom 2040 comic, and Steve Ditko did the artwork, the co-creator of Spider-Man. All right, guys, you want to talk about the IMDb episode description for this episode? Let's do it. All right, it's uh, better get some coffee. This is a long one. <laughs> hey, let me grab my beer. In San Francisco, a mortal-turned-religious leader, John Kieran, pushes a man out of the path of an out-of-control car and is hit himself, quote-unquote, dying in Anne's emergency room. As wait, is the car in Anne's emergency room? Who knows? If he was in San Francisco, why is he in Anne's emergency room? Yeah, hold on. San Francisco. I mean, I glossed right over that. <laughs> nice this work. is in San Francisco? That no. would explain all the rice aroni. Yeah. San Francisco treat. That's right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Also, who thinks that's a treat? <laughs> i want False a treat out. let's let's all instead of going out for ice cream let's all go out for some <laughs> rice aroni fake news uh all right so, yeah so what the hell was that about very confusing yeah i this is confusing on a lot of levels uh as Anne tells his anxious followers that he didn't make it he wakes up behind her he walks up walks up sorry amon's got this as well and they believe that it is a miracle uh duncan is appalled that an immortal would violate the rules like that and goes looking for Kieran. Is that why he's so upset? Who he once knew as Cage, an immortal who always put his greed ahead of the good of mankind. Duncan and Joe don't believe in his conversion, nor does the reporter who is out to prove that Kieran is a fraud. Holy shit, this is long. In flashback to 1937 <laughs> Spain. Is it? Is it not just in a flashback? It's just in flashback. In flashback. In flashback. <laughs> Duncan is covering the Spanish Civil War with Cage, who sells out the partisans to the fascists. In flashback to 1975 Cambodia, Duncan is trying to get a group of orphans out of danger, but Cage refuses to unload his drugs from a chopper to evacuate the children. End of description. (laughs) What the fuck? So it doesn't even address the remainder of the modern day plot. Nope. So we do get some clarification, I think, in this uh, description that Seacouver's... In San, in San Francisco. Francisco. No, we don't. <laughs> That's now what this world is. Yeah. We're wow. in San Francisco now. Sea you know Coover, you're wrong. Coover, San Francisco. <laughs> San Francisco. It's just San Francisco. That's good. It's in, just a neighborhood. Just in contrast to that really long IMDb description, I just want to read the YouTube description oh, real good. quick. Duncan is skeptical of Kieran, an immortal who is operating as a religious leader, knowing the man massacred hundreds in the past. There you go. Perfect. That's, that is good. That's yep. fine. He massacred hundreds? Maybe. Where's that supported? Uh, they mention it. Do they? Yeah. Joe says it 
an offhand comment. Oh, I think he does. But it's not like shown. It wasn't filmed. It wasn't filmed. <laughs> filmed. 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 God damn it. Uh, <laughs> All right, guys. You ready to jump into this episode? Le Dewey. All right. This might have been our shortest wind-up to an episode in a while. <laughs> so this episode opens in front of the Municipal Health and Welfare Services Building. And so Kieran is there handing out like bra- bragged bags lunches to Billy brag. homeless people and whatnot. My note just says, this guy seems chill, but has a bad guy face. <laughs> well, his face is, if you made a mask of Anthony Hopkins and then microwaved it on high for about 30, 30 seconds, that guy, this guy kind of looks like he was in a fire, right? Yeah. I don't know. Something, he's, yeah, he has a little bit of a melt face. Yeah, melty face. He's sinister. Yeah. He's got a good look. Yeah, I was, immediately, but it immediately made me skeptical of him. <laughs> he's got a good look. You yeah. just described him as a man whose face was put in the microwave. <laughs> so look, oh, girl. Okay. I'm not cultivating that look myself. You got the look. You're not? You're not I'm uh, going for more of a I thought you were. fat David Cross <laughs> sort of feel. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. That's good. I was going to say, like, if you took, like, uh, some pubic hair and, like, rolled your chin in some hot glue and what? then rolled Ouch. in it. <laughs> yeah, that's quite the look. Damn. All right, so he's sending out all this stuff. And then did anyone catch, like, one of the most the, the vaguest bit of dialogue maybe the show has ever had? Kieran is like, uh, uh, listen, uh, all right now, why, <laughs> yeah, why yeah. don't we load up the fan and, and go, go to back that, to place. Go back, go to, back the to the place, place. right yeah. now. <laughs> it's like, go, go back, back to, to the, the place. place. Are you serious? Yes, he's yeah. serious. That's what he wants to do. Meanwhile, yep. the homeless guy in a trucker hat really wants to like thank him for like the bologna sandwich. He is yeah, he gets, up like, a in his man. grill. <laughs> Ooh, bit of world building. Did Kieran give out the bologna sandwiches <gasps> that Kenny murdered that homeless man on the docks Holy for? Holy shit. I think that's definitely accurate. That's canon. That is canon. Yep. So these two episodes are connected. You should watch them back to back. Yeah. Skip and all these other the, ones. Watch the, the baloney saga. So you can watch, <laughs> watch with... this first. No, well, you have to you know, and then flashback to the, uh, the Kenny episode the was actually uh, the whole episode is a flashback. Oh, and then, well, then there's what family tree where they visit the place where maybe Kieran's manufacturing these bologna sandwiches, the yep. homeless shelter. Oh, yeah. Right. That's right. There's a yeah. lot of bologna in the show. Mm-hmm. Was that metaphorical bologna or actual bologna? Both. Dolman Ross knew it. Dolman Ross looks like he eats lots of bologna. Kieran gets accosted by this like homeless guy who just wants to thank him but we meet one of kieran's followers matthew who's like very protective of mm. kieran and he's like yo back off buddy like he's escalates things like he gets a little pushy with this guy too the second this guy appears is like oh yeah no way this is going south yeah. <laughs> no chance so anyway like, he tells Take it easy yeah so he tells matthew to like chill the fuck out take a breather uh so matthew's walking in the street i guess and this car, car just starts barreling <laughs> down the, around the corner and just swerving. Yeah. So just like a drunk driver or something. Yeah. This, I, at first I was like, ooh, is someone trying to kill this guy or disrupt this thing? Is this going to be a drive-by or something? No, just random act of death. Yeah. Yeah. So Kieran sees this coming and he pushes Matthew out of the way and he himself gets hit by this car. Ooh, thematic link. Between the two episodes. This is the same driver who hit Mac in uh, Deadly Medicine. Deadly Medicine, right? When he was picking up the bananas. Yep. (laughs) He kept on driving after hitting Mac and then hit this guy, too. This happens He's been (laughs) driving. It's all still a flashback. He's been driving the whole time. Yep. It's all linked up. 
Yeah, the whole thing. This is another brutal and sweet car here. Yeah. I don't know what they if they got like some very good car expert. Yeah, the uh, like premier guy that gets hit by cars. Yeah. The best stuntman. All right, so we cut to the hospital and we finally get the title of the episode. Blind Faith shows up like late in the episode. Yeah, I thought really that was late. kind of interesting. Yeah. So they've air dropped him from San Francisco to yeah, they the bring him Seacouver Hospital. Because no. Ant's, Ant's the best. <laughs> Why are we giving so much credence to this IMDb description? Because it's kind of funny. Yeah, because it's, <laughs> it's funny. funny. Yeah, that makes sense. So anyway, uh, so Anne's back in this episode, all right, yep. and this guy's in, like, real bad shape, and all we know is that he's, like, a religious leader. She says, like, he doesn't have family around here. But his followers are coming. Right. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, they better start praying, because I guess he's real fucked. So we cut to the ER room. I guess the camera's kind of cool. It's, like, spinning around the room, mm-hmm. and Anne's doing super, super, CPR. That's no. a good film filter. C- CPR? Yeah. CPR tone. C- I was thinking that in my head. I was like, nah, I bailed. <laughs> that on my Instagram pictures. Anyway, this guy, no dice, is dead. For is he? So we cut to the hallway, and Anne comes out, and she tells Matthew that Kieran didn't make it. And Matthew gets this like, look on his face, and they turn around. It's a jug Kieran can't die? And he's like, well, he did. Yep. But they turn around, and Kieran is walking down the hall. Yeah, he's like doing a weird shuffle down the hallway. Yeah. So, so we, this would be a great teaser. Yeah. Again, yeah. If we're, we've been talking about oh, yeah, how a lot like of these episodes cold have open. Like, yeah. great yeah. cold open. This is it. Potential him walking out and Emma's just being like, what? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we cut to the loft and Mac, we think he's pouring himself a drink at first, but then Anne is there and she's like chugging it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mac's bar totally fixed from shadows. That's right. Oh, yeah. replenished it. Restocked. It was blown up by lightning. <laughs> that was like Real the first lightning. thing he did. He's like, I got to restock the bar. The possibility of a sober night is unacceptable. <laughs> yeah. Glug, glug, glug. And Anne's like, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. He was dead. Blah, 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 blah. And Max's like, oh, but it happened. So she goes on and on about like the medical trauma this guy mm. had, like that it's absolutely impossible that he could have come back. So the next day, Mac is walking with Richie and they're discussing this guy. Richie's actually kind of skeptical, like maybe this guy isn't immortal. Maybe just some freak thing happened and he's alive. Which, why does Richie think this? I don't know. Because also this gets dispelled instantly. For why? Yeah. Like, Richie knows that there are immortal beings and he is one of them. Is it just for the joke? I think it is just for the joke. Where he's like, oh, I guess not. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. I guess they're always, like, teasing that, like, these religious elements exist independent of immortals. That's something they toy around with a lot in this show. But it's a little odd. It's like, are we supposed to believe that Richie is actually, like, a deeply spiritual person who, like, thinks that this guy might be a true religious leader and he witnessed a miracle? Like... Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. As it's like, are we supposed to... I'm just, I'm just asking, are we supposed to infer something about Richie as a result of this interaction? I don't think so. I'm Although Richie no. does seem to be on this guy's side early on, but that doesn't get explored too much either, which is a problem. Yeah, I thought it was weird until they did the joke, and then I just kind of forgot about it. Yeah. You're like, oh, this is in service of this joke. Yeah. But the thing, they immediately, when they get the buzz, like, well, there goes that theory. Yeah. So then we get this other line, because I guess Mac is pissed off. Because he's like, this guy should not have done what he did. He should have snuck out the back, disappeared. Those are the rules of the game. Yeah. Oh, this is a rule that, like, if you die, you have to... Like, revive in secret? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's safe to say a rule of the game is don't reveal to humans that immortals exist. I guess. Like, I mean, that you're supposed to do this thing privately. In secret. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Because otherwise, wouldn't everyone know about immortals? Yeah. Wouldn't people just be like, well, fuck this, I'm not gonna... Well, I mean, I guess immortals might think it's in their best interest to keep it a secret. Well, so people it is. Wouldn't... So, yeah. I mean, I don't think it has to be a rule. Hmm. But Duncan's just told us it's a rule. Exactly. So I'm like, huh, interesting. Another well, rule. I, I, I buy it. I'm cool with it. Cool with it. Cool with it. Even if it's not a rule, it's an unfortunate thing to do for everyone else. 
All right, so they walk in front of this building, this ashram. Uh, What's the definition of an ashram? An ashram is like a monistic spiritual community, mostly prevalent in like Indian community. So it's a community and not a physical place. I think the building embodies the community. I see. Yeah, that's like your your meeting, like your uh, community center. Ashram is also so it's like a rec center. You can go in there. And there's play ping, like pong. Bo- ping pong. Ping <laughs> pong. Boggle. Uh-huh. Re- religious ping pong. <laughs> Back in the old days, there used to be like a bowling alley in the basement, but that's closed now. Ashram's also a character in the anime Record of Lotus War. Continue. <laughs> so anyway, they arrive outside this building. They get the buzz. And then this reporter and Matthew come like out of the building, and they're arguing and shit. And yeah. So I guess this reporter thinks that Kieran is a complete fraud. And I guess he's trying to pay Matthew to like spill the beans on him. He's like, don't you want to make a few bucks or something like that? Like, I'll find out the real story anyway. Give me the dirt. Yep. Give but Matthew's like, dirt, Kieran's dirt, the real dirt, deal. Dirt. He saves people. Uh, so anyway, this guy gets kind of kicked out and leaves. Uh, but then Mac and Richie go in, and we got a bunch of banners on the wall. Look at Banner, Richie. Look well, at it, Banner, Michael. The reporter also reveals that Matthew is an ex-con. Yes, who served time for killing his father. Five years. Five yeah. years. Because they got a ball pretty light for killing a guy. But. Yeah. but we find out why he killed him later. That's oh. true. Because he was abusive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they- inside, we get a bunch of like golden rule riffs. I don't know if anyone took note of the banners. I did. What do we got, Eamon? Well, I only wrote down one because that was the only one I could see. But it was. Oh, okay. <laughs> cool. Judaism. What is hateful to you, do not to your fellow men. That's the entire law. All the rest is commentary. That's right. From the Talmud, Shabbat 31a. I couldn't see the other ones. Uh, the other ones say there's one. This is Buddhist. Uh, it's Buddhist. Uh, it says, hurt not others in ways that you yourself would find hurtful. Hmm. Uh, and that's from the Udana Varga. Then there's a Taoist one that regard your neighbor's gain as your own gain and your neighbor's loss as your own loss. Then so. there's another one that just says, like, bros before hoes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that's, uh, that's that Always one. be pimping. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Richie's like, yeah, this guy's got, like, all his bases covered, which I thought was kind of funny. Like, it's just a grab bag of religious quotes, it would seem. It's just a grab bag of religious tomfoolery. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they go to the back, and Kieran is preaching. And Kieran's saying that each of them have the seeds of godliness. And when you do great acts of kindliness, you see that godliness. When you do great acts of kindliness. Is that what he says? I don't know. You do great acts of kindliness to reveal the godliness. I mean, kindness, I hope he kindness. says... Kindness. That's what he said. <laughs> you said not kindliness. kindliness. That's what you said. Well, though. I'm, you know, not good at reading. Yeah, you're not good at the readingness. <laughs> <laughs> it was a real missingness of so, the sentences. All right. Mac looks pissed. Pissesis. <laughs> oh, the one with the boulder up the hill? Pissesis. Yeah. <laughs> it's a real pissy task. All right, so now we get a flashback to the Spanish Civil War in 1937. This must be stock footage, right, that we're using? I hope it's not. Oh, yeah. Completely new footage. Like, one second of that tank. Like, yeah. That's all they use it. And there's, like, a house exploding, and then there's, like, yeah. trucks driving kind of around, like, a canyon. Horses and stuff. Yeah, like, I feel like this is all some sort of stock footage or from something. But I, I don't mind it. I think it's, like, it's great. fine. Paints the world a little bit. Yeah. Just seems like a waste. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing it was stock footage. Because yeah. that was an expensive two seconds of footage. Yeah. 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 All right. So Duncan's talking about how a bigger war is coming. Uh, and Kieran's there. His name is, at this point, Cage. These K names, right? Yep. Yeah. Mm. Is it Cage spelled with a K? In the IMDb episode description, it was spelled with a C. Yeah. And I think on IMDb, it was spelled with a C as well. I don't know why it's not spelled with a K. Hmm. So is he just Luke Cage? 
Yep, yep. That makes right. sense. Mortal Kombat. Raiden. Just you know, Bear. I was actually, I actually wanted to make a Johnny Cage reference and accidentally said Luke Cage. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Nick Cage. All right, so they're talking to this he guy, actually Timothy. Is just Nick Cage. Yeah. Ooh, I would believe this actor as the old version of Nick Cage. If, like, at some point, Nick Cage had to team up with his, like, future self, like, Looper style. Looper style. Yeah. I could see this guy being old Nick Cage. That's good. Yeah, that That's is a good point. Yeah, we've got something here. All we need is a time machine to get this guy <laughs> to, to bring be in him it. back. <laughs> All right, so we get kind of an interesting discussion about war. Mac is saying, like, he's playing, again, kind of this pacifist role. Although he's not quite a pacifist, but he seems to be well, against he, he war. He blows it, literally. Yeah. But he blows his pacifist role. He's there as a journalist. Right. Yeah. Really shits the bet on that. Mm-hmm. Like, way crosses some lines here. Yeah. Uh, as we will get into later. But he is here covering these, like, young... I guess they're communists. Yeah, they're communists. Uh, Except for the one guy who's, like, weirdly a capitalist. I don't know. Yeah, I don't understand. This is a confusing bit of message. I was confused by this whole thing. Yeah, this is I odd. So, didn't know. Mac is like, there's no winners in war. And then Cage has this this viewpoint that, no, the winners are who makes the money. And it's like, well, that's cynical, but I guess maybe you're right. So, he's just, like, teasing the military-industrial complex? Yeah. That his whole thing? Uh, you, know then, may, you know who wins? Lockheed Martin. Right. hey And then we get Tim from Philly. Right. You're a Philly boy Philly who's boy. an asshole. He's like a piece of shit who's like, I want to exploit the masses. As you said, as he fights the com- with the communists, with the communists. against, against yeah. the and fascists. Then, then, and then there's this other young guy, Carlos, who seems to be like the true believer in the right. cause. He's and, like a socialist. Yeah. But apparently like comes from money. Hmm. Right, and they rag on him, and they're like, "Oh, it's easy for a rich boy to be a communist." Or yeah, whatever. it's a, an odd thing. I mean, the Spanish Civil War is like a great setting mm-hmm. for yeah. this conflict. Like, there's a lot to do here. It's just weirdly muddled. Just like even stranger, because like I don't know what the average level of knowledge is about the Spanish Civil War. Like, I don't know as Highlander writers going into this, what could they could they assume their audience knew about the conflict? So for them to like make this so muddy when they portray it is a little odd. At least it occurs to me. I don't think they can count on their viewers to like fill in that much. Yeah. So we cut to the next morning, still in the Spanish Civil War. Kieran is like snapping pictures. So I guess like him and Mac are a team. Mac's the journalist, Kieran's the photographer. And the way they shoot this is like it's in color and then there's like freeze frames that are black and white to show the pictures, right? Which I think is going to be funny because something happens later. That's good. Yeah, uh, what, what, how do we feel about this device? I don't like it. It's a little... Eh, it's weird. It's I don't odd. Like it. It's like a weird bit of style in a very, other than this, unstylized episode. And it's like not needed. Like, there's nothing about photography that is important to the story. Nope. I don't know. It's weird. It is. <laughs> Where did he learn photographer? Was it from Gregor? Where did he learn photographer? Photography. <laughs> 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 to be a photographer. Was it from Gregor? Yeah. Hey, take photos of this word. You know what I mean? <laughs> Teddy Cage. <laughs> anyway. So they're sending a bomb on a bridge. That's the deal. They're going to blow this bridge. Mac then, as you said, crosses the line and decides to just like help out for yeah. reasons. Yeah. And they're like, wow, you're pretty good at that, Mac. Yeah, he like twists a wire and the guy's like, like where'd you learn how to do that? It's like wire twisting school. Yeah. yeah. Also, yeah, it's like, oh, you're a combatant now. You are not here as a journalist. Also, so, you're not a Spanish citizen. So, yeah. you know, whatever country you hail from might have an issue, a diplomatic issue on their hands. Think it through <laughs> also does that just mean mac is really sympathetic to these communists maybe yeah it's very strange that he helps yeah. out in this way he's yeah they're getting ready and then some soldiers start coming across the bridge like well, they're like there Cage, early or something like sidles away yes he and max like and then the soldiers come and they shoot carlos so he's not able to detonate the bridge and then tim runs over to detonate it yeah 
And I guess he's able to? Yeah, he gets shot. He yeah. gets shot and like kind of falls on the plunger. <clears throat> Apparently very superficially, because he's fine later. Yeah, yeah and he's uh, walking around. And then and more stuff. troops come from the other direction, I think. They're surrounded. Thoroughly They're ambushed. surrounded. They're right. toast. So but they manage to blow the bridge somehow and like right. kill a bunch of these soldiers. So Kieran is there. And he has ratted everybody out. So Kieran is talking about how, like, he just wants to be on the winning side. So he'll do whatever it takes. And it's all about money to him as well. Everything's about money. That's, like, his philosophy. Can we pause on this moment for a second? What the hell is Cage doing here? Is he a spy? I don't know. He seems to be, like, in command of these people. Yeah, like he's, he's order, like ordering, he's ordering them around. Them around. <laughs> yeah, is he a spy who's like undercover as a photojournalist, and he was always working with the fascists? He didn't stop them from blowing the bridge up. No. So if that was his goal, he failed. Unless he thought they were going to be able to stop him, and Tim got to it early, but still, really cutting it close. Yeah, razor thin margin there. Like, so, why didn't these soldiers just come and ambush them the night before? Right. Yeah, once it was obvious where they were going. Yeah. So there's that. The other question is, like, if it's all about the money for him, like, if he was a photojournalist to begin with, that's a bad for career for someone who just cares about money. <laughs> like, that's a rough line of work. It's well, like, yeah, maybe he's a spy, so he's getting paid a, a ton on the side to pretend to be a photojournalist? Yeah, so is that, he became a photojournalist to facilitate... Photojournalist? I did not say that. Came a fertile journalist of came a fertile journalist of came a fertile journalist. We'll go back to the tape later, but you can suck it. He becomes a photo. This is what happens when you make fun of the way I speak on this podcast. I mean, if we want to go punch for punch on this one, I'm going to come out ahead. Let's let's please not be. I guess we're supposed to believe he became a photo journalist to facilitate being a spy. Not like he was a spy and then opportune, or he was a photo journalist and then opportunistically. Yeah, sold them out because that would be a dumb career move for him, for a guy who only gives some crap about money. This is just, go be a stockbroker. Yeah, this yeah. is confusing. So this is one of my favorite parts about this. So he tells Mac that he's like, oh, I tried to tell him you were just a journalist, but like you picked up that dynamite and that like sealed the deal. That they were like, no, he isn't bullshit. Which again, I would be fine if Mac never touched the dynamite. They can even still have this argument that like I tried to tell him you were just a journalist and they didn't believe me. That's moving, fine. Moving you, were there, you were there next you to the dynamite. Exactly. Yeah. So then Mac gets in their like prisoner transport, and then we get another freeze frame picture, which we've set up previously in this episode. Is Kieran taking pictures? So he's. Fucked all these people, got a bunch killed, betrayed Mac, and on in Mac, while Mac is getting in the prisoner transport, he's like, hey, smile, click, <laughs> and he gets a picture Total D-bag of move. his screwed over friend. I like yeah. that a lot. It's always about the money. And he makes that money hand symbol. So were we supposed to think they knew each other before this? I guess? I don't know. I assume they meet on this assignment, but like... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, he says to Cage, like, in Ward, like, no side wins. You know that, Cage. Yeah, like, so they must have at least shared some stories about previous experiences. Or Max, maybe Max is betting that you've seen a lot. Right. So you must know Ward's not good. Bah. Very good. Well, we cut to the present. I think the set dressing in this place looks pretty cool. Considering it's just, like, a shitty building. They've dressed it up nicely. But they're like, we cannot fight here. It is holy ground. So... This must be like newly consecrated holy ground, I imagine, because it's just like a garage. Garage. <laughs> yeah. What makes this holy ground? It's just some fucking. It's a dump. Dump. Yeah, it's yeah. a dump. Oh, it's a, it's the religious quotes. Once you hit so many religious quotes on the wall, yeah. it becomes holy ground. They met like the minimum. Max yeah. like counting them. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Ooh. Then he has a debate on like whether like a cat hanging off a branch. 
that just says hang, hang in there, in there. <laughs> whether that counts i don't know it's inspirational it is inspirational it's, it's inspir- every office is kind of holy in that way yeah all right so <laughs> kieran's like well i'm just here to help these people and mac questions him and he's like well where's the profit in it like what's your angle he knows there's got to be a scheme afoot mac's like i'll come back later matthew kind of kicks him out yeah and matthew gets up in his grill yeah. he knows he's trouble mm-hmm. which he is yeah absolutely then we cut to like the alley outside the dojo and richie this is funny he's like so you're not a fan of this guy are you he's like like enough to kill this guy max like maybe you know he says how bad is this guy oh and yeah. he says bad enough to kill yeah that's right that's pretty fucking cold-blooded it is yeah max does not like this guy but this is a funny like tv movie trope that i just want to point out they are often done this way just for like editing purposes but like mac and richie left this place a long time ago to drive all the way back to the dojo yeah. and then like when they arrive back at the dojo yeah. richie's like what's the deal with that guy <laughs> so like what did they talk about what did they talk about the whole time mac has a rule that richie's not allowed to talk in the car while he's driving <laughs> <laughs> it's quiet time yeah you got to keep your mind on the road this is quiet time richie <laughs> i like to listen to my music classical music he just played some oldies some mozart you mean the very oldies <laughs> so we cut to joe's bar there's a blues band playing and richie's telling joe that i guess richie went back to this ashram and checked it out some more and he's like hey they're like doing some like good work there and just like that's not possible like this guy kieran is garbage i think he calls him a murdering son of a bitch yes he does so you know there's that yeah he's like mac was right to like want to take this guy out like this guy's no bueno but richie has been checking him out also mm-hmm. like it says he's doing good stuff and he looks good doing it that's right yeah, there was a like, feature on the news about him he's like he's got a soup kitchen oh that's the place where richie's friend worked the soup kitchen this right. is all lining up guys it is. <laughs> uh, I, love, I love our homelessness fanfic yeah <laughs> well it's it's strange of all the things they've like really painted a pretty clear picture of in seacover yeah. it's definitely like the degenerate homeless community <laughs> yeah the zone is fully fleshed out it would appear all the time mm-hmm. they re- revisit that there's soup kitchens there's this guy doing charity work yeah. this is the most robust part of seacover that we've seen well especially now that we're fleshing it out with all of our bullshit the baloney slapped against the white bread seductive <laughs> richie slather slathered on <laughs> really you went for mayonnaise on bologna i like I... what was that i like mayonnaise, I like mayonnaise. <laughs> I like mayonnaise on bologna uh, i think you're wrong about that you like mustard? i think it's a mustard yellow vehicle. mustard i mean i will always go for spicy I'm your vehicle, baby. yeah that's it bologna for mayonnaise what chicago I don't think that's. I mean, if that's, if, I don't if think you that's, decide to ignore the melody and actual bl- rhythm of the song, <laughs> it sounded exactly like. I thought that was blood, sweat, and tears. Damn it, guys! Is that what you like on baloney? Yep, blood, sweat, and tears. <laughs> okay, guys. So Max slams a newspaper down on the table. I like the pacing of all this. Like Joe and. Richie are having a convo, and then, like, Mac interrupts. He's like, slam! Well, tell me about this. He's... 25% of a million dollars after he resurrected. A quarter of a million dollars. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Very complicated. Wow. We're really getting there eventually. Yep. So, anyway, Mac is like, this is the scheme. He's after pity donations and all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. So, flashback to Spain, 1937. We're inside the truck. Mac's writing in a pad. And this kid... Reporting. Yeah. And the kid who got shot and eventually blew up the bridge seems fine yeah. yeah he's got like a rifle bullet in his leg and he's yep. just like you think we'll get out of here mac oh it'll be great we should do some deals together when we get yeah. back yeah what, what is mean? this his conversation like, this is this is his art scheming. of the deal man yeah yeah this is all the art of the deal <laughs> always gonna, be dealing we're gonna make some great things they're gonna be phenomenal i know some great people <laughs> leverage <laughs> taj mahal <laughs> sad okay so 
this guy's trying to make deals with Mac, even though he's on a prisoner transport. And Mac, for whatever reason, thinks they're going to be fine and just says, oh, if you just do what they say, you'll be okay. Yeah, because this guy tries to give Mac a letter or something, presumably to family. He's like, deliver this. Right. And Mac's like, it's cool. You can deliver it yourself. So the truck eventually stops and they get out. And yeah, Mac's like, just be cool. It's all going to be fine. Kieran walks by. You, you just overhear him say something like, well, it'll be cheaper than feeding them. It's like, Jesus Christ. So then Mac's like, fuck. And he attacks Kieran. It uh, doesn't go well. There's, of course, armed men all around them. Yeah. So Mac is talking to this guy, Tim, and he's like, we got to come up with a plan. Like, follow my lead, obviously, because things are going to go south. <laughs> so right. we need to escape. Tim does not follow Mac's lead and just... Tim goes and, like, tells the other guys yeah. that, hey, we're all going to be killed, but I guess Mac has a plan. And then one of the guys just bolts. Yeah. yeah it's like, follow Mac's lead. And, of course, they don't. Yeah. Right. So chaos ensues. Mac, of course, like, Mac does, like, a barrel roll and, like, is shooting people off. I think he said it wrong. Do a barrel roll. So. Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, is that Flippy? Slippy. Flip. No. Damn well, it. Is it Flippy? It's Slippy, Slippy. Toad, but it's, uh, I'm pretty sure it's Pepper Hair. Oh, Pepper um, Hair. Oh, Peppy. Excuse me. Peppy. Peppy. Didn't we just see him in the last episode of Highlander? Yeah, Sergeant Peppy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Peppy. Barry Peppy. Barry Peppy. Yeah. Uh, to do a barrel roll, press Z uh, uh, twice. So, like, I don't know what happens, but, like, Mac eventually holds Tim, like, over his shoulder. Yeah, like, Tim has gotten shot again. Yeah. And Mac, like, escapes with him over his shoulder. Right. And I guess they escape to safety, because Mac's like, we made it! And he takes Tim off his shoulders, and Tim's just dead. Yeah. Yeah, it's unfortunate. He's just, like, literally carrying around dead weight. Yeah. Oh. Literally. But he's like, hey, Tim, we made it, huh? Huh? Tim? Tim? Yeah, it's like almost cartoonish how obvious it is that he's dead. Yeah. Like, it is so painfully yeah. obvious that he's dead. Max, like, covered in blood. Tomb? Like, there's just a grim reaper behind yeah. him, <laughs> poised to strike. And it's just like, Tomb? And is then it? Mac has the letter, which is not a plot point anymore. No, it's like, I guess that Tim just, come back he just takes it and that's it. All right. Hopefully he delivered it. We'll never know. Yeah, I guess, like, the idea is he's still, he's, like, carrying, he has some obligation to this dead kid. Yeah. This dead not communist. Yeah. Yeah, this dead scumbag. Yeah, why do they have to make Tim an asshole? Why couldn't Tim have just been another... Well, he's like, has all this stuff about, the, I see opportunity here. Like but this that is never a... gets paid out. No, like, this is a whole episode. This is a yeah. whole separate episode. Because I have in my notes, like, that everybody seems to have a different viewpoint on war. And it's like, this is interesting to explore. Like, there's the realist. There's, like, there's an opportunist. There's, like, the, the true believer. Like, there's all these characters that are approaching a war in a different way. It's like, that sounds like a whole episode to me about how people deal with this. But that's not this episode. And weirdly enough, this kid seems to have the same kind of opinion as Cage. Yeah. They're both like, oh, this is about money. This is about opportunity. Yeah. Seize the day. Yeah, so why does Matt give a fuck about this guy? I don't know. It's odd. I guess because he's a kid. Like, Cage should know better. Yeah. Sure. This kid is just... A delusional kid. Philly. Mm. All right, so we cut to the present. Uh, it's a little dissolved through like a chess piece or whatever. Uh, I took note of the cheese platter him and Anne are eating. And oh, I was yeah. like, anything good? Oh, man, it looks awesome. I'm way into it. But yeah, Matt's having a hot date, date with Anne playing Matt? chess. Matt? Is that what I said? Mac. Mac. Duncan McLeod. Duncan Matt. Matt Cloud. Duncan Matt Cloud. That's right. He's having a hot date with Anne playing chess. And then Anne is like, oh, I looked up Kieran. Well, this doesn't make sense on two levels, as we'll later find out. But she looked up Kieran online, and he has no medical history. So, like, you didn't learn any lessons from the last time you did this, and it blew up in your face? Uh, yeah. At least Kieran is... That's true. But we also... Yeah. Treatment from her. Yeah, That's but, a good point. But we also yeah. find out that, like, 
Kieran is not his is real an name. assumed identity from some guy in like Asia. So like no shit, he, you don't have a hospital record for this yeah. guy because he doesn't even exist in the, on this continent. But then Kieran and Cage both don't have medical records. <laughs> it's all very odd. Yeah. Also, was there any explanation as to why Kieran just like couldn't pretend to be asleep? Nope. He's just like I had to wake up. It's like, did you just? I think he was arguing at some point that he's like he saw this as an opportunity to even do more good. Mm. really i think so yeah weird. yeah it is weird so max like don't deify this guy because she's like maybe it is a miracle it's like what he's just crazy like so max is he's definitely a fraud and he's stolen millions or whatever or a quarter of a million after the accident and then Anne rebuts this and she's like no do you didn't hear what happened he donated all that money people gave to charity how does she find that out <laughs> like i don't know well, how are people she's finding had- all this like information out like oh he got this much money or i guess it's being reported on but yeah well also it seems like at some point Anne has like an interview with him or something yeah that happens right. later like what, she goes to like about? i don't know very strange all right so now we get another flashback to cambodia in 1975 in an airfield uh max helping a nun and some school children try yeah. to like escape and get on a plane and max wearing like fatigues what is this about i guess he's in the army <laughs> it's maybe yeah i don't know this uh-huh. seems like well past max like pacifist days yeah and is he like they're fighting the Khmer Rouge. Is this like a Vietnam War holdover? What is going on? Yeah, I didn't think about the fact that this is pretty late for Mac to be doing anything in a war. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So they find the, the plane has been all like bombed out and shit. And they go over to it and well the pilot's dead. And did you see like all the circuitry that is like hanging out of the understand window? I was like, why are there circuits like out meant. of the window? Yeah. It's very comical to yep. me. Yep. Was this plane shot down? Is that what we're supposed to believe? Or was I, it I got the impression it was them. waiting there and got bombed. Uh but then a helicopter lands and Mac is like, That's our ticket out of here. So they run over, but the nun is like, He won't help us. He's turned us down before. The nun says it's useless. <laughs> like you're a nun (laughs) like come on man nuns can't be a negative nancy i guess not negative nancy there it is it turns out the owner of this helicopter is kieran slash cage and he of course does refuse to transport the children he has got like hay bale sizes of cocaine he's transporting or heroin Heroin. Or is that the same thing? To right? say it's cocaine? I don't, I don't remember know. what they say it is. They it's say heroin. It's heroin. Oh, it's heroin. Yeah. I have heroin. Yeah. So anyway, Mac gives him a bunch of shit, and he's like, these mm-hmm. are fucking children. Are you going to really turn them down? Yeah. And then he gives like a look to like his goon, and the goon is like, yeah, I'll shoot these kids. Yeah. yeah, this is real garbage this person. This is rough. Also, all these people are in fatigues. Yeah. So what's that about? Cage is in fatigues. And they're in identical here? fatigues. Cage looks really silly in his fatigues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He does not look Doesn't look believable. not a good look. Yeah. Cage, you got the look. Cage is an importer-exporter yeah. like Art Mandalay. They take off in their helicopter to leave everybody. Mm-hmm. Mac goes screaming after it. Mac then gets, like, bombed. And then, like, the implication is he, that... He gets bombed. Like, yeah. everybody him, dies. Yeah. And then the implication, later... Oh, yeah, we yep. find out everybody's dead. Yep. Yeah, but somebody buried them. I don't know who. I think Mac. Yep. I think Mac, when Mac wakes up he buries the dead also cage's line when he turns him down is well where's hell isn't it pal all right so back in the present matthew is saying that people are terrible and he's like you need to be careful because you shouldn't trust anybody like max bad the reporter's bad like people are out there that are gonna hurt you we find out that matt killed his dad at this point because his dad like beat him well, the reporter tells us that at the beginning. Right. Well, we find out that he killed his dad, but we don't know why. We're just, or right. no, we find out he killed somebody, I think, in the beginning. Now um, we find out he killed his dad because his dad was like a drunk and a maniac. Who, and that's like, why I killed him. beat him or had eight beers a night. That's how he spent his Saturday night. That's and right. And beat him. 
That's a great night. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good. I'd beat up this kid. <laughs> yeah, after eight beers. I mean, yeah. Matthew is very annoying. So Max shows up at this point, and Kieran and him. This is the clip I guess we played at the top of the episode. Kieran is talking about redemption. Like, I've had this life. What good is it if I'm not helping humanity? I can make a change. And Mac is like, this is all bullshit. This is some scheme, and I haven't figured it out yet. Right? Right. I like the way this is all shot. It's like they're kind of pacing back and forth with each other. I think it looks mm-hmm. pretty cool. I also have a note here that just says, this scene is fucking great. <laughs> maybe, God, maybe God has forgiven you, but I shall have it. it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we cut to the alley outside the dojo, and the reporter comes to visit Mac. And this guy's like, you know what the deal is with Kieran. Why won't you tell me? Why does this reporter distrust Kieran so much? What's the reason for that? Uh, good question. Because like, cause he's like a weird cult leader? I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's inherently suspicious. If someone's like, oh, I've got my, like weird mashup religion and a series of followers and like i allegedly came back from the dead i'd immediately be like eh, okay buddy. yeah this this reporter is like got it out for kieran like this is yeah. the scoop yeah i, I kind of wish there was more of an explicit reason for yeah that, or like some kind of trigger or something this reporter really is just like used as a device later in the episode like we don't need two characters distrusting kieran in this episode like it's fine mac distrusts him i get it like right. why is this character distrusting him like it's like extra extra <laughs> extra extra <laughs> all right so and explains the presence of what's his face mario Van Peebles. So, yeah, Mary Van Peebles. Yeah. That's what I meant to say. Uh, so, He's great and saved by the bell. And visits it's Kieran right. to thank him for a donation to... to the children's Oh, so name. is that the, the donation she's talking uh, about? This, oh, he donated it to charity. To me. Point. Yeah. And he's, like, deflecting all her questions. He's like, oh, you know, I'm here now. That's all that matters. Yeah, because she wants to, like, run extra tests. And he's like, they won't tell you anything. What is she, like, looking for him to say? Like, she really must think he's, like, a medical miracle, Yeah, I guess. Well, yeah, what do you do with that? I mean, don't people, like, revive unexpectedly sometimes from stuff? They do. I think sometimes they do. I mean, I think there's, like, medical things where it's like, I don't know how this person lost their cancer. They just did. Yeah. I think a lot of times in those instances, it's like a statistically unlikely reaction that like they maybe not didn't have cancer in the first place. No, no, maybe. Yeah, it's a. I, mean, I think there's every every once in a while there are just like weird medical flukes that are like I don't think there are miracles or anything like that, but I just think right. there's just like I don't know exactly how this worked out, but they're better. So whoops, we're gonna get some reader mail. Reader <laughs> mail. All right, so we don't have readers, <laughs> listener. Oh. The Highlander Rewatch podcast needs your help. Help your favorite Highlander podcast bring you all the up-to-date coverage, interviews, panels, exclusive videos, and more from the official Highlander 25th Anniversary Gathering Convention this October 20th through 22nd in Los Angeles. We promise to bring you the best in Highlander content and we'll give you an inside intimate look at the amazing world of Highlander in the way only Highlander Rewatch knows how. Highlander Rewatched is a labor of love and does require a huge time and financial commitment from us, the hosts. Every dollar helps us bring you bigger, better, and more exciting free content every week. Please donate today and be part of the movement that is Highlander Rewatched. Every donation also gets you an exclusive shout out on our show too. If you would like to donate to our GoFundMe, head on over to www.gofundme.com backslash Highlander dash Rewatched dash gathering or just find the link on our facebook page this week we have two people to thank 
First, we want to thank Amanda M. for her awesome donation to help us get to Los Angeles. We first met Amanda at the convention in Lakeland, Florida, introduced her to our podcast, and we hit it off right away. Amanda started her support of our podcast right that moment and bought a set of our brand new Highlander magnets. Since then, she has been a fantastic contributor to our Facebook page, and we really appreciate that you are part of the Highlander Rewatch community. Thank you so much again, Amanda. We also want to thank G. Smith for the insanely epic donation. Your donation will help bring more high-quality podcasts and videos to the subscribers of the Highlander Rewatch podcast. We cannot wait to cover the convention and give you, the listeners, an all-access pass. G. Smith, you are an immortal hero, and we, along with all the Rewatchers out there, owe you big. Once again, if you would like to donate to our GoFundMe, head on over to www.gofundme.com backslash highlander rewatched dash gathering or find the link on our facebook page our sincerest thanks for supporting us and being on this journey together with us back to the show all right so back at the dojo the reporter's like this guy mcleod won't play ball i'm gonna figure out what the scoop is he knows something and then just commit some light burglary to me like this story is not that important to break into somebody's like place of business and stupid yeah. like to th- go commit a felony yeah like come on this story is not that big of a deal this guy's like a local religious fanatic maybe what are you yeah. gonna what are you doing like yeah breaking so guy, into a third party's he's yeah. even breaking into cages shit He's freaking into Max. Yeah. What does he think he's going to find? Especially in the gym office. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, Let's go. Right next to all like the gym memberships. I'm yeah. Find some like, incriminating materials on my boy Cage. Cage had a membership here and never used it. So this guy's Whoa. snooping around <laughs> uh, and somebody comes in the door. We think, hey, is it McLeod? Nope. It's a shadowy figure. Definitely Matthew. And Matt shoots this reporter does oh. he shoot the reporter knowing it's the reporter or does he shoot the reporter <gasps> thinking it's mac Ooh, i don't know i don't know either don't was know. it mac the target not the reporter good question he's, he's in max shit yeah that's true was he tailing the reporter the whole time and it's like whatever i'll kill him here i guess the next morning after the reporter has been killed in mac's office Max upstairs, and he's asking, I guess, Richie if the cops have gone yet. Because I guess they're still investigating this whole thing. The, like, fifth person to be murdered. Yeah, yeah I have a note. I was like, how many times have the cops been to this location? Like, there was a whole shootout with, like, those, like, oh, Navy yeah. SEAL-esque yep. guys. They blew up the whole front office. Uh-huh. There was that shooting with Anne, who knows if he reported it. Right? Another problem there. Is this yeah. the first corpse there? Maybe. Maybe. It's not looking good. Also, Charlie DeSalvo, the owner, the former owner of this place, yeah, got a he was, bullet in the yeah, shot. Gut. Oh, at Revenge of the Sword, there were like incidents there, wasn't there? Yeah, somebody died there while filming that movie. Oh, they were poisoned, right? Yep. Oh boy, yeah, this is a, not. There's a, a good lot location. of bodies at this location. All right, yeah. so Mac is Mac is convinced that Kieran killed the reporter and left it on Mac's doorstep to like taunt him, and it's like I don't know why you think that, but also like so the evidence a bullet hole. Yeah, there. The, the evidence does not stack up to that. There's a bullet. Yeah hole wouldn't there be a bunch of like the blood is just would just be different if he had died earlier and was brought there yeah there wouldn't be an ocean of blood in your office yeah yeah so this doesn't really make any sense so then at that point he never really questions like why the reporter was there in the first place it's yeah. very strange yep mm. it's dumb so now mac blames himself and he's saying because i never stopped kieran i should have stopped him earlier now look this guy's dead because i didn't take action yeah that's so he weird. seems to like i mean that's like his motivation to go after kieran this well, guy's fucking around just and seems I need like to stop he him. has it out for him yeah he does yeah as well he should yeah right because kieran was a monster yeah, yeah. all right so we or cage was a monster Ooh. 
All right, so we cut back to the ashram. Uh, we get another banner on the wall, another golden rule thing. Ooh, uh, what's this gold rule? Desire nothing for yourself, which you did not desire for others. It's another good sentiment. And that's from uh, Spinoza. What's that? Philosopher. Spinoza? Yeah. He was kind of a badass. So anyway, Kieran's on the phone, presumably talking with Mac, and he's like, well, I guess if there's no other way that you want to do this, we'll meet in an hour. And so Matthew comes in, he's like, I don't get why people just don't believe in miracles. Like, why do all these people doubt you? And Kieran's like, everybody needs to find their own truth. In their own time. Uh, so Kieran's playing it chill with all this. But Matthew's like obsessed with Kieran. He's like, you're my whole life. Like, I guess because Kieran helped turn his life around or whatever. But Matthew's still a maniac. It yeah, this doesn't really seem like it was turned around. Yeah. No. Like he's an obsessive weirdo. <laughs> it's like it's interacted with his life. Yeah. But Kieran gives him advice. He's like, well, you need to find out what your life is like without me. Get your own purpose or whatever. Because Matt- I guess Kieran's thinking I'm not coming back from this in yeah. encounter with Mac. Matthew's performance is really broad. Or the actor's performance he plays Matt. Like, he's actually... Acting like a crazy person. <laughs> yeah, like, he is. Not a lot of nuance. So there. we cut to this like isolated backyard place with a what lot the of leaves. Hell are they in the day? Yeah. yeah, and there's like a car thing. Like I don't know. It's very strange. All over the ground. Yeah, this car. is where they've decided to meet. Yep. For reasons with, with a six foot tall fence blocking it's anyone's view. Isolated, I guess. Sure. Ish. Yeah. I'm just surprised that this was the best location they could find. Yeah. They find a lot of good locations on this show. This is not one. No, of them. this is not dramatic yeah. or visually interesting in almost any way at all. Yep. Literally no way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mac is armed. Kieran is unarmed. And Kieran says, it wasn't me that killed the reporter. You can ask any of my followers. But Mac doesn't believe me. He's like, your followers are going to say whatever they can to protect you. Mac is going to cut Kieran down. And he's Kieran like, cu- arrives unarmed. Well, he's like, oh, well, if you want to judge me, you can. And Mac is like, it's not me that's judging you. It's like the children you murdered and all these soul- like all these people that you've harmed. I'm just kind of, I guess, carrying it out on their behalf. <laughs> that's yeah. his way to justify this. Yeah. Uh, and Kieran seems kind of at peace with that. He's like... If that's what you need to do, you can. And this is, like, really conflicting Mac, which is pretty solid stuff. Like, Mac isn't sure how to what to make of this whole thing. Like, it's putting all his code in question, I would think. Which is something that, I guess, Joe introduces later. Later, when Joe hears about this, he's like, no, this guy isn't reformed. He's just playing on your sense of honor to know that you wouldn't cut him down in cold blood. Right. Kieran gives uh, some more to the Cambodia story. We get a little flashback, and he was like, I actually did come back for you uh, afterwards. To kill you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and when he arrived reasons you were gone but i guess mac in that time had buried all the children and he like this is pretty gruesome like there are just like all these makeshift graves and mac has put their like bloodied clothes as like grave markers this is gruesome that is gruesome also did mac undress their corpses i guess so maybe it got blown off by the explosion yes all of their clothes got blown off did the nun have a, a grave? Yes, she did. Kieran did have a sword. and he, A real tiny sword. Yeah. <laughs> it was real small. Real small sword. And he apparently coptered himself there alone. I guess so. But he has like a breakdown when he sees all these graves. And yeah. For whatever reason, this for is why? Like, Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's not like he sees the bodies. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, seeing the bodies, I guess, would be a better thing, but I guess you can't show that at 1 o'clock on Saturday. On UPN. Yeah, right. like a bunch of bloodied children. This, was, this wasn't this was earned. I mean, yeah. was this his, like, breaking point? Or, I, I don't know. It just... Yeah, I wanted something more out of this. I mean, I don't think seeing a bunch of dead children is a bad justification, but it seems to just yeah. be like, and now this, and now he's just changed. Yeah. It's like, oh, this thing I knew was going to happen happened? Oh, yeah. no. Yeah, this thing that I could have prevented. <laughs> like, I mean, maybe that's it, is that yeah. like, this was entirely his fault. Right. He could have yeah. saved everybody there. I kind of wish there was more uncertainty about their fate. Like, he is presented with the situation, like, and Mac gets blown up at the same time. It's like, he is presented with the situation, these people will die. Mm-hmm. And the immediate evidence 
that they are about to die. Like, there is no uncertainty that these he's signing their death warrants. So the fact that then their death upsets him seems a little strange. Yeah. Whereas if it was just like, well, it's not really my problem. You'll probably be fine. Yeah. Just deal with it. That seems like more of a transformational moment mm-hmm. where, like, if you're in denial about the consequences of your actions and then see them, that's something. But, like, right. he knew full well. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, what I knew was going to happen happened. This is a moment for me. So back in the present, Mac is screaming at Kieran. He's like, fight me, damn you. Kieran keeps refusing. And Mac looks like he's about to chop his head off and charges. But he nope. misses. He misses, doesn't. I guess, intentionally. Yeah. And they both have, like, emotional breakdowns at this yeah. point. What if, what if that was actually an accident? <laughs> yeah, he didn't mean to miss. Oh, no, let me do it again. Hold on. Sorry. <laughs> he <laughs> tripped. And he's like, oh, good thing I tripped. I don't yeah. want to do this on reflection. So Mac leaves this whole scenario. But we find out through, like, a POV shot that somebody's watching, and it's Matthew. Ooh. So he knows something's going on here with Kieran. Kieran's got a weird path. So back at Joe's bar, Mac explains how Kieran was willing to die for his sins, all this sort of stuff. And Joe brings up the point, well, like 20 years of good deeds does not cover up for like a lifetime of atrocities. 20 years of good deeds is a lot of good deeds. <laughs> it's a fair amount, but compared to like 500 I mean, years yeah, of atrocities. Yeah. Right, I mean, also, right, right. what is the nature of these good deeds? We're not sure. We just know he's a good person. Like, is he like, is 20 years of giving up bologna sandwiches count? Or is he, like, putting a little more skin in the game than that? Yeah. Because, like, people are dead. People are straight up murdered because Mm -hmm. of his conduct. Like, I'm willing to grant that 20 years of doing a thing can make up for that. But is it just, like, 20 years of doing this, like, ashram bullshit he's doing? Because that doesn't really feel to me like it stacks up. He just donates to his local PBS station. He's like, I've been doing pretty good. Yeah. XBN is great. (laughs) I got lots of tote bags. But... Here's the other thing, like, Kieran's evilness, I mean, with the kids, that's pretty bad, but Joe amps it up with his throwaway lines, but we don't really, like, see it. What are the throwaway lines? He's like, I've got pages of, like, hundreds of pages of his, like, horrendous acts or whatever. Yeah, this guy's, like, war criminal level. But then I'm like, well, what are are those? I mean, I get that we just buy into this guy's bad. Yeah. I'm okay with it. Yeah, I mean, especially just based on his face. Oh, yeah, yeah, melted face. (laughs) His melty face. Melt face. This is another one where it's like, Cage? John Cage? Or whatever his name (laughs) is. He's Uh, a law and order fanatic. So anyway, he's a heroin and war crime fanatic. Joe brings up, he's like, who better to judge him than you? This is also nuts. Because I guess, in some way, I guess these immortals are like outside the law. So it's like, somebody's got to judge them. Maybe it's Mac. Joe thinks Mac has, like, carte blanche to judge this other guy and kill him. Yeah. Like, I find that strange, but whatever. But Mac refuses to. He's like, one immortal playing God is plenty. So we cut to the loft, and Mac's getting himself a drink, and Matthew shows up. And this scene is kind of funny, because, like, this is one of those, like, Mac doesn't give a shit. Mac's just irritated. He's like, ugh, you're here? Why? So at this point, Mac realizes it must must have been Matthew that killed the reporter, and he's like, well, we need to, like, turn you in, give me the gun, this and that. So Matt is asking Mac, well, what's the deal with Kieran? Like, you said he killed children on all this. Like, so this guy's, like, entire worldview is getting called into question now. Also, Mac confronts him with, like, killing the reporter. He's like, I didn't shoot nobody. He says, while pointing a gun at Mac. And then immediately upon, like, two seconds more of pressing, he's like, okay, well, yeah. I warned him, though. Yeah, it's like, oh, all right. Well, you warned him. Oh, so I guess that confirms that he was there to kill the reporter. I guess. I don't know if it does or not. It's unclear. Yeah. It's it is just strange. Yeah. That he kills him on the premises of the other guy he came there to kill. Yeah, or is that why he's as... returning? Because now he's confirmed that Mac's alive. He's like, oh shit, I must have killed the reporter by accident. Right. Back to kill Mac, who was yeah. my intended target, maybe? Maybe that That's is. That's how I took it. Because, like, 
I took it as the reporter was like staked out at Max the whole time. Mm. But yeah, who knows? I don't know. All right, so Kieran shows up to try to help defuse this whole situation because he's like, to, to oh, I think Matthew's like Matthew. gone off the rails, and Max like yeah. he's already off the rails. It's like, oh, that's part. him over there, yeah. thoroughly off the rails. Uh, so now Matt's like flipping out of Kieran. He's like, you lied to me. What's your deal? So I guess Kieran kind of admits to doing bad things in his past. He's like, Matt, we have to call the police. Like this, right. you're done. I think this is a great line here. Matt is like, he drops some shit. He's like, well, what do you have to face? I was like, ooh, right. Matt obviously has done this transgression right now. Kieran has done a ton of tra- like he's fucked up a bunch. And it's like, well, what's what's the retribution from you? Like for you. Yeah, and is it just because he's an immortal that he doesn't have to face that? Mm-hmm. Is that the only reason why Mac wasn't just like, well, let me get the Geneva Convention involved and yeah. maybe we can get this guy. Yeah, like, so Matt needs to go to jail, but Kieran, for some reason, doesn't. Their punishments are different. Yeah, and the fact that Kieran's the one insisting on punishment is that's interesting. an odd tension. Yeah. yeah. This, to me, is one of my favorite parts of the episode where like, Matt throws this back at Kieran's face. Like, what do you have to face, melty face? <laughs> What do you have to melty face? <laughs> all right, so the police all show up outside. Matt shoots Kieran because Kieran is like trying to get the gun from him. Just plugs him in the gut. Yep. And like there's a sort of hostage situation afoot, sort well, of. Yeah. The way this like mechanically plays out at the end is a little weird. Because then Matt's just like, well, I've got this McLeod hostage. Yeah, and Matt's trying to convince him to like be cool, just turn yourself in. Also, like McLeod is by the entryway. I'm just surprised he wasn't shot. (laughs) (laughs) By whom? By the cops. Oh, all right. But he's like shouting at them like, oh, everything's fine. And the cops are like, he's got a hostage. But Max's trying to talk Matt out of whatever. Part of me wishes Kieran made another appearance here. Like that Kieran also like revived and was going to come and help him. Maybe Mac told him like, no, like you're dead this time. Like... Yeah, for real, for real. For this like time. and like, yeah. I don't know. Even if it was just like a look, and like Mac, Mac told them to like hold back, like yeah. let me take care of this this time. Uh, but I mean, is he dead this time? I don't, I don't know. know. Who, who's to, who's be. to say? Because, because no, there's no witnesses. Essentially, the only witnesses <laughs> were Mac and Matthew, and Matthew yeah. does not have a happy ending here. No. So. so Matt, Matt, ugh, Matthew flips shit, and Matthew, like, Matthew, he flips out, and he goes running in like towards the police with his like gun out to shoot. Yeah. Them. And then they have, like, a freeze frame. And this like, is very lazy. Yeah. This had to be because they were lazy, right? I don't know. I don't know, know about lazy, maybe like, budget tr- budget yeah. reasons, but, like... Yeah, and, like, the cops never come in despite, like, multiple gunshots. We never... Do we point, even see the cops? I don't remember. We do. Yeah, oh, we okay, do. We, we do. see them okay. outside. We see the cops. They come out of their cars. They have their guns. And they, like, are, like, yelling into the building. I'm pretty sure they're already there when Kieran gets shot. It's like... Yeah, that's They're right. not coming in when they hear a gunshot shooting Kieran. Then at some point, Matthew discharges, like, two shots. Yeah. As though he's gonna shoot Mac, but he doesn't. And it's like, they didn't come in then and like both times max like don't come in yeah don't come in we can't yeah. afford you in this shot yeah <laughs> don't come in the possibility that you might be in this shot is bad for our budget yeah <laughs> spare the lines or the action but yeah it's just like a freeze frame of him holding his gun and then there's some gun sounds and it like zooms in then we cut the denouement we're on the roadside and mac and kieran are talking and kieran is like maybe we'll meet again maybe one day we could actually be friends and it's like an awkward handshake like yep. mac is like I still maybe hate you, but okay. Like, and then he like Incredible Hulk style, like just yeah, walks suitcase. away. Yeah, and that's it. And then that's the end of the episode. Yeah. Oh, did anyone notice Max's license plate? No. Tell me whether or not you think this is a vanity plate. It just says eight two seven keg. Eight two seven keg. I feel like I've noticed that before, and I've been like, huh, what's about? What's that about? I don't I, know. I don't know. 
It's do stuff in keg. That's like, why does it have keg in the name? Is, is it, that a thing? Do we like, think it's completely random or somebody must, that must have meant something to somebody, right? Is it kegels? Yeah. yeah. Is this that kegel, kegel exercises? exercise? <laughs> yeah, that, that's why people are so impressed with Max D. Max has a strong pee control. Yeah. Oh, boy. That's it. That, yes, improve, uh, that improves your sexual performance. And as we know, Mac like to fuck. That's right. All right. So let's talk Disgusting. about this episode. That's the end of it. Yeah. It's kind of an awkward, boring final shot after all that. Like, it's I, just like, all right, awkward chin shake. And I wish they had like a little bit more of a discussion over. at the end. Yeah. Because uh, it's just like, bye, bye. They're in like the wind. That's kind of cool. I like Mac's coat. I like this brown coat he's sporting. It's a nice coat. Available in the Highlander catalog. Mm. Is it? Uh, for like uh, $400 or something oh, like that. That's a lot of dollars. Mm. Yep. Does it have a, a hundredth episode patch on the back of it or uh-huh. something? It does. Yes, and What what episode is this? Whatever this episode was, <laughs> it's this episode. Is it been embroidered on the back? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. So what do we think of this episode? Thoughts? Uh, I have some thoughts. Why is Anne in this episode? This is an odd episode for Anne, I guess. There's not really any reason for her to be in it. Nope. There's not really any reason for Richie to be in it. Richie has even less to do in this episode. What does Richie do in this episode? He says, hey, is this guy really immortal? He is. And then Richie says, oh, I think this guy seems to be okay. End of discussion. I think that's the reason Richie's in this. To say maybe this guy's okay? Yeah. So, Well, that's what's not explored. That should be like, Richie again knows this guy is a new person. And so it's like, this guy seems legit. Richie's there to be the only one with like no information who's like, hey, you know, maybe this guy's not so bad. I guess Anne is really only there to get the action moving yeah like Anne's there because to inform mac that this guy came back to life like that's the reason he goes and investigates in the first instance i feel like there's a bajillion other ways to get mac involved in investigating kieran like just the newspaper article alone or the uh oh there was a thing on the the news last night about his soup kitchen mac just sees that news story and goes i know kieran he's in town what the fuck like the resurrection thing is interesting but also isn't played up the resurrection comes into play because mac finds out about it yeah and that's how he sees kieran again and he's like pissed about it yeah it's an interesting idea that isn't really like played up in the episode like the episode's more about whether or not kieran should be allowed to do what he's doing and not pay for his past transgressions mac has killed friends of his for less. Yeah. People aren't mass murderers. Right. Is it really just because Kieran wouldn't fight him? If Kieran had a sword and would have defended himself, he totally would have killed him. Yeah. Right? Is that just the only reason? Just that well, I mean, this but, guy was willing to like... Well, like, who, who are some of the people Max has killed for, like, less? Like, we've got Gabriel Zompatone. Right. But, like, Gabriel Zompatone is still doing bad things. Yeah, he's, like, killing people. So the question is about whether this guy will be continuing to harm people in the future and, and preventing that harm. But at the moment, this guy's doing good. So if you kill him, you are preventing good from being done. I mean, is I that, think right. that's is the that, conflict. Is that the calculus Mac is doing? I think that I think that's what this episode is about. It's like if, if he had killed him 200 years ago, you would have been like, look how many people he would have killed. I stopped him from doing that. Mac making this decision to kill Kieran now is only preventing him from doing good. I so, strongly disagree that that's the moral calculation that's going on. Because hmm. his entire thing is, who am I to... The entire conflict is, who am I to judge this guy? That's the conflict. Right. The The entire thing is like this, this question, because that's even how Joe puts it to him. Who better to judge him than you? And Mac, the reason Mac doesn't do it is because like he doesn't feel like he's the has the right to play that kind of moral arbit- arbiter in this situation. Well, is that because the morality of this situation has gotten muddied? 
I mean, Mac feels comfortable playing the moral arbiter in other situations, but I think it's because of this conflict that he is having a problem. That it's like, well, he's doing good. It's not written in the script. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Mac never says that. He, he'll kill. He kills Tommy Sullivan. He judges him, but that's he's true. currently a murderer. Well, I that's mean, the thing: is all these but people he's, he's always killed been a murderer. Yeah, right. But moving forward, we don't know. We don't think. Tommy Sullivan was redeemed or something in that episode, and he'll move right. forward. But, like, Cage has never stopped being a murderer. You know what I mean? Like, he still killed all those people. He's still responsible for all of them. And, right. in fact, it's, like, the only thing that spurred his supposed transformation was the murder of more people. Right. Like, that he caused. But that transformation did take place. So he no longer murders, and he does help. Right. I think it's yeah. a weakness of the script that this is not explored. <laughs> well, I, do, I don't even know that I agree that it's a weakness of the script. Like, I think we're supposed to be having a conversation like the one we're having. Mm-hmm. I agree that there isn't a neat bow on it, but I think that's kind of the point. Oh, mm. definitely. Because this is like the most morally ambiguous episode we've ever dealt with, I think. Yeah. Because there's I no think, good answer to this. Like, Cage I deserves that, to pay for his crimes. Well, then the argument is, well, what is that payment in? <laughs> Yeah, and like also like in a life, like especially someone that has a whole life to live. Like right. it's like, well, I'll cut your life short, so that's your punishment. You don't get to live your full life. This guy gets to live forever. So is the, I don't know what's the role of the immortality in that because Matthew doesn't get that chance, right? Right? Like he just did something wrong. Is that is it the temporal aspect? That is what enables him to be punished for that? Like, is that the only reason he is deserving of punishment and Cage isn't? Because in, in some ways what he did was more justifiable because, like, in some deluded way, he's trying to help, like, his religious savior. Right. He's, that's what he's right. trying to do. He has to go to jail. He has to be punished for this. Well, that's the problem with, like, the Immortals are in some weird way in this show, like, outside the law. Because Matt has already been punished for some of his crimes. He killed his father, also maybe justifiably, uh, because his father was a maniac. And Matt served five years in prison. And it was like, we have determined as a culture that that's an appropriate punishment for what you did. And so you have now paid for that. It's like a tit for tat. Like, you did this, you are punished in this way. And so now that he killed some other people, this reporter, it's like, well, you will be punished yet again. And maybe that will be more time in jail. It could be the death penalty, depending on what Seacuver's rules are. But, like, yeah, uh, there's no option for Kieran. Yeah. Because he he, doesn't go to jail. He gets a choose-your-own-adventure on his punishment. Mm -hmm. Like, he's like, well, maybe if I give out enough bologna sandwiches, like, that counts. I get to wipe this away. Right. And it's, I don't know, it's bothersome. I have a thought. Yeah. Why don't we hear from Mr. David Abramowitz, writer of this episode himself, Let's and see. then continue the discussion. Not unlike the offenses in this episode, yeah. that idea is capital. The idea of blind faith was one of my most favorite. I thought the episode was pretty good, and I thought it was acted well. Um, I could have broken the story a little better and made it a little more exciting. But at the, the core of the story was wonderful. At its best, Highlander answered these questions in a um, action-adventure kind of way. I don't know, to tell you the truth, whether redemption is possible. Um, it depends on the day, and depends on who I'm pissed at and who I'm not pissed at. If it's, if it's an executive from a studio who's giving me notes and I don't like them, I would say redemption is not possible, they should burn in hell. <laughs> but if it's someone who Jeez. likes the script and they've only f***ed on my work yesterday, but they like the work today, then I figure, okay, you know, they don't have to burn in hell. They can be redeemed. But, you know, the truth is, this was one of the great questions. This is one of the great questions of the age. And whether whether or not redemption is possible in all instances, I don't know. I studied Talmud on occasion. And there was, there was a part during the 
during Passover, where um, there's a line in the Passover Haggadah, which is the book of Passover, basically it tells a story that said, God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And that always troubled me because I said, you know, why is God stacking the deck? If Pharaoh wants to let the Jewish people go, why is he stopping them here? You know, why isn't he being fair here? And then someone very wise once said to me, there are some sins that are irredeemable. And depending on my day and my mood, I believe that and other times I don't. Which is why at the end of the episode, Duncan lets Kieran live, but doesn't forgive him. Because I don't even think Duncan knows. He can only react as a man, only can react and says, listen, I'm still pissed at you. I don't want to be your friend, but I won't judge you because I don't think Duncan knows how. I think Duncan truly believed that Kieran was redeemed in some way. That doesn't mean, just because you're redeemed, doesn't mean you're not guilty. Doesn't mean you don't have to pay for what you did. You know, if, if you're a nice guy now and you're an asshole yesterday, you're still an asshole to some people. Hmm, that's from David Abramowitz, creative consultant. He frames it pretty well, I think. I mean, that is the central issue here is like how sincere does your redemption have to be right. like he would still be prosecuted for all those things today yeah if that kind of justice applied to immortals but it kind of doesn't so what do you do it's also tricky because i feel like sometimes the punishment is to teach you a lesson like oh you robbed this person well you're gonna go to jail for five years and so that way you will never want to do it again right it's like, well, he seems to have learned his lesson, though, right? So it's like, well, like, what is the purpose of the punishment? Is it to make us feel better as like, oh, I've, I've been satisfied. Like, he did this wrong to me. We now do something kind of bad to them, you know? Or is it about teaching a lesson? So this will prevent them from doing it again. And it seems like the lesson's been learned here with Kieran. It's like, Kieran will not do these things again. So that's kind of off the table is what the punishment serves. There's the deterrence aspect of it, of like both like specific and general deterrence. Like specifically, you will not do this again because you've been punished. And then there's like generally like other people witnessing your punishment will not do what you have done. But then there's also an element of retribution. We don't punish other crimes on the basis of, well, like, have you really learned your lesson? Like, right. that's not how we as a society, generally speaking, view those crimes. Because if that was the standard, it would just be like, oh, if you're a genuinely contrite person who, like, blew it, like, there's no justification for punishing you anymore. Like, right. you, you cannot be punished because you are this way. Versus, like, somebody else, all of a sudden, for doing the exact same conduct, might merit enormous punishment because that's what's necessary to deter you. Hmm... This is a rough one. It is. Uh, are really, are we not going to solve this one in the next five <laughs> minutes, guys? Probably. Stay I, I, tuned for a mini-sode where we do solve this yeah. problem. I thought we were going to put a neat bow on this yeah. whole thing and like solve human morality. Let's do it. He might have learned his lesson, but has he paid for his, you know... Well, I guess when we use the term paid, I, I think especially using the term like paying back something, like, that's mm -hmm. an interesting word to use. Because it's like, who are you paying? Like... Right. Well, these these crimes were done in the past. Like so Like all crimes. Well mm -hmm. unless it's like minority report. Ooh. Future crimes division. But I mean like who feels the justification by Cage being put away at this point? 
Right. Man. In some way, Cage is dead, too, because he's yeah. even changed his name. So, like, oh, there's been a, a total rebirth of this character. Mm. This is tricky. Oh, and can... in some ways, also, it's interesting because Kieran accepts his own punishment. Like, he's not... He's not he, hiding he, He's it. not arguing that, like, right. no, please don't. I've, I've changed. Like, I'm a good man now. Like, a Scrooge moment or something. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just like, no, I did terrible things. And if this is what you really think is what I deserve, I maybe... Do. Like, he's like, maybe I do deserve this. But in the meantime, I'll try to do good. Yeah. Right. Which is interesting. He's not sniveling about it. Mm-hmm. He's not quibbling that, like, in a world where you think about this in terms of retribution, that this isn't what he has coming. So a couple uh, tidbits about this episode as we talk more. Uh, so apparently Bill Panzer said they filmed two endings to this episode, which yeah. I think is very interesting. Sadly, those that other ending is not present on the DVD, which is a bummer. What? What's the other ending? Well, I guess Matt killed him. Does he Wait, say? Do they say that? No, but I, I don't know. That's my guess. I mean, that's the big choice at the end, but maybe not. I, I doubt that was it. Maybe you think it's a little more subtle than that? Maybe it's more aggressive or something. I don't know, but the the idea of him killing him seems very inconsistent with what's come before. Like, all those other shots, like his conversation with Joe, all that stuff, is he just pull a weird 180? Yeah. So then, uh, another interesting little tidbit, uh, Jillian Horvath, the script supervisor, uh, just it kind of had, like, just a, a little tidbit about, like, the way they were constructing these episodes in the season. So she's like, in the very first season, it was, like, Mac versus the Immortal of the Week, who was a bad guy. And then they were like, we tried to switch it up in the second season, and it's like, Mac had a friend who had, like, fallen. Gregor, or, uh, what's his name? I the beholder guy. Yeah. Like th- that they were like friends that are now enemies. And that was the and then she was like, well, this is like a reverse of the twist. And she's like, now we're dealing with an enemy that maybe is now good. Uh, hmm. which I think was interesting, just the way they were trying to like switch up the the formula of the show. Yeah. I wish here's the thing that I really wish about this. I wish the timeline was longer. I wish the timeline of all of this stuff was longer. The earliest I wish this had happened would have been that Spanish Civil War mm-hmm. flashback. Like, the other flashback, insofar as they were going to have two, should have been before that. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, this guy has lived a century on the other side. Like, I feel like 20 years, like, he participated in a modern-day, like, genocide, basically. Yeah, right. Like, in something that is so recent and so inexcusable, like, a mortal, a normal person could have had the experience, at least in terms of the Cambodia. Yeah. The, the Cambodia one, which is the truly unforgivable one. Mm-hmm. Like, because he's a drug dealer and responsible for the death of all these children. Right. A normal person could have been alive still from that. And we would not have allowed this kind of shit mm-hmm. from just a 60 year old man. Yeah. You know, that's true. We, we would not have blinked twice. But if the, the last transgression had been 100 years ago or 200 years ago, the immortality really introduces a new ingredient right. to right. this. Because to me, 20 years just feels too recent. Huh? To make this special. Right. When we still find Nazis today, they are tried. I feel like there's no way in which I am okay with like a 60-year-old, like the example of a six-year-old man escaping any kind of justice for his role in like the horrible things that this guy's done. Mm -hmm. Right. But when the extra time plays in, there is this extra normal element. Well, why why is the time important? Explain that. Well, because if it's all about redemption, then at minute two, why wouldn't you have been redeemed? The moment of the transformation is not the 20 years of good deeds. The moment of transformation is the second after he sees those Cambodian graves. Mm-hmm. It's that second. So if he caught him tomorrow and this transformation had happened, would Mac have let him go? I don't know. Like Without the we, good deeds. W- would we be justified in thinking that? Even if the transformation was just as genuine? Is it just the coincidence that he hadn't noticed him 
in a certain amount of time that makes it okay. Mm-hmm. And then extrapolating that up further. If an amount of time that is like beyond human lifetime has passed, enough time for someone, including Mac, to have reinvented himself several times. It's like, well, Mac's like, I've gone through these transformations. I've become someone totally different over the centuries. Like Rocky IV. Yeah, exactly like Rocky IV. If I can change, and and you you can can change, change. we all could change. Mm -hmm. Like, is this point equally valid in 1976? Right. Or, you know, the year after this thing takes place as it is in 1990-something when he actually catches up with him. Right. I don't, I don't know. Mm. And then, well, to, to go the opposite direction, because I, I brought up the idea that, like, well, he's preventing him. If he kills him, he's preventing him from doing good deeds. So let's say, I mean, like, who knows how long the game will last, which they bring up a lot of times in the show. Like, what if Mac kills him and is preventing him from doing a thousand years of good deeds? Right. Like, we can go the opposite direction and say, well, it's only been two years, who knows, or whatever. But it's like, you can keep going and going and going. And suddenly, they've been good for longer than they've been bad. And he... He prevents space cancer or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> well, it's interesting because we will see this explored a little differently. I don't think this season, but in a season or two with Mythos. Hmm. As someone who's done very bad things. Mythos. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Mythos, the fresh maker. <laughs> I think we'll have to cap the conversation right there. Cause... You mean we're not solving this thing today? No. Shit. Do you guys want me to read some of those quotes that were on the wall again? Yeah. Maybe that'll I'm going to have to continue in my morally ambiguous (laughs) lifestyle, grappling with the nature of humanity to figure out what's good. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Very good. So let's lighten things up with a game. Game time. Yeah, let's lighten things up. Watch your tube, which (gasps) is what I've called this game. So this is a game where you have to ask... S, guess the episode of Highlander by listening to this YouTube comment. So here we go. I will read three YouTube comments, and whoever knows the episode first, shout it out. All right. Ready, Kyle? Yep. Comment the first. For those who complain that the acting on this show was bad, I don't agree. I've seen movie stars who get paid $20 for a movie whose acting is far worse. $20? (laughs) What movies are these? Than the acting on The Highlander. Any guesses? Nope. Oh, Kyle. boy. I am going to guess Innocent Man. Nope. All right. Sure you don't want to guess an episode, Keith? I mean, I feel like you could just guess anything. <laughs> like, well, yeah. You, that's how you so, no, I strategize. No oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm good. Because you might get it. That's true. All right. This comment is in all caps. Perfect. So better scream I assume all, all, all of them are in all yeah. caps unless I hear otherwise. <laughs> Shit, my God, Thundercats, I have the power line. Who would go great on Highlander? Wonder who would win in a fight, Duncan McLeod or Skeletor from Thundercats? Oh, my God. Whoa. Any guesses? I'll guess they also serve because that woman kind of looked like a Thundercat. Nope. (laughs) Okay. Kyle, Uh, any guesses? Damn it. I am going to guess Blackmail. Nope. All right. All right. Comment the third. This is for all the Marvels. Get ready. For one round. Fingers on the trigger. Connor McCloud really should. Gathering. Like, yep. Oh, I don't know who said it first. I don't know either. Kyle did. What? Yeah. <laughs> what was the What was the Thundercats bit? Uh, pff, I, I guess have, the lightning. I have Shit. no idea. Thunder. Thunder. And they thought the ap- the acting in the Gathering is good. I mean, like it's bad. Was or bad. no, it's good. Yeah. Or, that's what I'm or other somebody was. That's they're like saying the acting in this is really good because uh-huh. some people compl- like. Somebody complained that the acting was bad. If there was ever an episode where the acting isn't that great, it's probably The Gathering. Sure. Really? With Slan? I like to play with my victims first. Yeah. It's it's like over the top. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we'll All right, fine. Point. 
Yo, know. good. You'll take that point. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> All right. All right, I, next episode. I heard Kyle's voice first. Next episode. I'm going to edit it so it's my <laughs> Keith shoots first. Comment the first. Duncan is related to Chuck Norris. That's how he's immortal. Any ideas? No. I am going to guess obsession because of that sweet kick. Oh, that's a good guess, but no. I was, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, when does he kick somebody? <laughs> <laughs> Comment the second. Darius sounds kind of like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, the Hunters. Nope. Band of Brothers. <sighs> yes. Damn it. Two mm. points. <laughs> I'm just going to read the third comment. I'm confused. Is the episode named Band of Brothers? Because this show is called Highlander. What a idiot. What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The YouTube video was titled Band of Brothers. Yeah, because that's what this show is called. The episode's the, uh, called. Yep. This uh, person didn't understand that concept. Hero we deserve. Boy, that's oh right. boy. Not the one we need right now. That's right. Kyle is winning. Are there three or five? There are five. Oh, okay. Comment the first. The shit music in these episodes makes it really hard to masturbate. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, I'm gonna that's the... definitely... Beast Below. Nope. It's definitely Innocent Man, and yes, that's my comment. Nope. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> you must have left the same comment multiple yeah, times. that's yeah. true. I try every episode out to see how it fares. Yeah, to see what music you can masturbate to. <laughs> I really like this episode. They should have called it Redemption. It was more about a man changing his ways than religion. Uh, uh, blind Faith. Yes. <laughs> what was the masturbate thing? I have no idea. You didn't try to masturbate to this episode? It was hard. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. It was not. Ugh. All right. Fair enough. Okay. Not one of the easiest to masturbate to. No. We need to start rating these episodes based on that. <laughs> the master but to Bill Willoughby? Yeah. The master to Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Masturbility. Right. Next round. Question the first. Duncan is a good actor. LOL. The rest, letter R, garbage. <laughs> oh, my God. Pharaoh's daughter? Nope. Keith, any guesses? No. Okay. God damn it. Question the second. I love seeing that egocentric bitch with her stupid hair and ugly clothes run down. I only wish they'd show her brains getting splattered when the car hit her. Oh, my God. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, this is not a stable person. Oh, yeah. my God. That bitch get run down. Uh, <gasps> I, oh, oh, oh I, it's, uh, 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 it's uh, the, the <laughs> lamb. The lamb. Nope. What? Uh, she got Kyle. run down. Did she? Yeah, eye by for Kenny. An, eye for nope. an eye? Nope. What? Question the third. I wonder if their clothes regenerate, too. Because Ursa has the same clothes. Oh, beast below. below. Fuck. Yes. Keith, it's tied. Oh my god, the B word, man. Apparently, Ursa has the same clothes on when Duncan meets him than in the present day. Which did we notice that? No, I don't know. <laughs> He's got a look. I'm not going to take this YouTube comment with a, you know, with any seriousness. <laughs> all right, this is for all the marbles. Are you guys ready? Yep. Question the first. I love it when McCloud uses his fighting ability to defend himself from attack from other regular mortals. It kind of showcases his excellent fighting ability honed from the years of being immortal. Family tree. Nope. Damn. Revenge of the sword? Nope. Ah, good guesses. Yeah. Duncan is so unlucky. Every time he does his woman, gross, an immortal passes by right next from his house and cuts him off at the peak Gathering. of the moment. Nope. <laughs> Let a he, man he come up. in peace. <laughs> wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. I am going to guess... Hmm. The Gathering. I just said that. You did just guess yes, that? Yes, I did. <laughs> Sorry, I blanked out. This might be this, your second come from behind wind in this game. That's what she said. 
She said it was your second come from behind win in this game. Mm-hmm. Just let a man come from behind a piece. I just realized this third one might be confusing. Cool. Cool. So, uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Good job, me. Question the third. Wow. I saw the movie the other day and have been watching the series, but I cried when Darius died. Thanks for uploading that. Hunters. Hunters. Yep. Hunters. That's Who got it? it? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, fuck it. <laughs> There we go, and that's how you play. <laughs> yep. we'll Watch or two. We'll call that one a tie. That was a tie. It's a tie. We'll call that one yep. a tie. I was relieved I didn't screw it up and you both got it. <laughs> Sorry. Well, that, that is tricky because we see him die in like eight episodes because they yeah, keep all the doing montages. Does he die at the end of The Watchers? Or no, The Hunters, the hunters. is before The Watchers. Okay. That's right. Yes. I got them confused. Which is weird because they introduced the concept of the bad version of these things before, before they the good one. Yeah. Before <laughs> the good one. Yeah, that is an interesting thing. Normally, I feel like you'd see the the Watchers first. You'd establish and be them like, oh. and be like, here's the Splinter Cell. Mm-hmm. It was a video game, right? That's right. Splinter Cell. Mm-hmm. Starring Kevin Clash as Splinter. Ooh, yeah. Turtles. Famed child molester <laughs> and children puppet. Kevin Clash. Children puppet? Children's puppet, whatever. Elmo. No puppet. No, no puppet. puppet. No puppet. That's one of my favorite. You're the ever. puppet. <laughs> All right, guys. Any final thoughts on this episode? Solid uh, stuff. Yeah. Good moral question. I wish more cool stuff happened during the episode. I didn't love the flashbacks. I mean, I kind of like the Spanish Civil War one. The yeah. Cambodia one leaves a little to be desired for me. Yeah. Yeah, this episode could definitely have been a two-parter. I don't really care about Matthew, even though he does pose an interesting question to Kieran at the end. The question's the best thing Matthew does in this episode. Like, he's yeah. kind of a... He's off the walls. He's so crazy. That clap back he has is where the action is. Clap back. Yeah, if this episode was a, a little flashier, I agree, Eamon. That, like, some nicer set pieces. Like, it's just a little, like... The episode's a little slow and a downer. Like, it's mostly just an interesting discussion. Yeah. Yeah, that Cambodia flashback is just an empty field. Yeah. Basically. And uh, one Asian person. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah. There's yeah, all the right. kids. All the, the children. Kids. The children. Yeah. Oh, in the Watcher Chronicles, it's revealed that woman is a, the nun is a watcher. Was a watcher. <laughs> Blown up. But yeah, I think a little bit more like window dressing on this would have served it well. Yeah. All right. So should we rate this? Let's do it. All right, Kyle. How many bales of cocaine would you give this? I would give this four bales of cocaine, I think. All right. I think it's a little bit slow, but the questions posed are great great to the the point of maybe being the most pronounced moral questions we see in the, mm-hmm. the episode and i'm giving that maybe a little more leeway than it deserves but you know i'm correcting in its favor yeah so four Eamon, how many fake news stories from the crooked media would you give this i would give it three three it's a three for me mm. the questions were good i don't know how much i love karen's performance and i didn't love the flashbacks it's a little boring to me but you know still not a bad episode that describes it well this episode is a little bit boring yeah yeah but you know with all the episodes that are like a little puffy but like exciting Mm -hmm. i feel like it's about time they had one in the opposite direction right and i will give this episode a solid four out of five homeless bologna sandwiches is, is homeless that, bologna. Are, the, are those bologna sandwiches given to homeless people or made out of homeless people? That's the mystery of bologna. Yeah. Ooh, Ooh true. The moral question in this, I think, is like absolute dynamite. There's not a more interesting topic, I think, for this show to explore than th- this element of like forgiveness, redemption thing. Because that's yeah. where the like the immortality plays 
hard into that, uh, which is really good. Like, this is fertile ground for even a movie. Like, you can base a movie on this. Like, yeah, I think this is amazing. Yeah. Highlander That's movie. very true. And I feel like if we thought about it for a little while, we'd come up with movies that would be based on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'd probably think of them. Yeah. Come on, Chad. Chad That's right. Stileski or whatever. Yeah, Richie should have been a little bit more involved. I don't know about Anne's involvement in this. Joe's involvement? Yeah. I mean, again, if they had maybe made this a two-parter, I feel like having this discussion play out with more people would be yeah. interesting. Like, let's hear more thoughts on this. Who can we talk to? Who, who thinks, like, is anyone, in, uh, besides Joe, does anyone in this episode really think, like, Cage or Kieran deserves to die. I mean, it's Joe. It's and Joe. Like, yeah. That's also Max's that's like default t- position. Yeah. Maybe having another character that maybe one of those kids didn't die or who, who knows what. Like having yeah. someone else that has been wronged by Kieran would be nice in this mm-hmm. uh, that could offer the alternate. I don't know. I just think like having this argument play out across different planes would make it interesting. What are all the different takes? Hot takes. Hot takes. What are all? Because also, do we really get a, a take from Matthew on it? Like he just kind of bugs out at the end. Yeah. I, mean, I think his take is the who judges you part. Yeah. Yeah. He thinks that Kieran deserves something. Certainly if Matthew deserves something, Kieran deserves something. But that, that's the thing. It's only delivered in the sense that, like, because I, I'm i getting punished, don't you get punished? Which is a very good argument. But, like, Matthew's the one person maybe that has believed in Kieran the whole time and then has, like, the the, the script flipped a little. And it's like, well, wait, how do I, what do I make of this? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because he's also been duped. Pretty yes, badly. That's like, true. He's come to believe in someone only to realize that maybe they're not who he thought he was. Or maybe they are exactly who he thinks he thinks the current Kieran is, but like what do you do with this information of Cage? It's a real fatality to his faith, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Also, like I maybe this could have been explored a little more because doesn't Matthew at some point maybe did the reporter make the argument like, no, I've changed. He saved me. But he does Matthew doesn't seem to apply that logic to Kieran. Because he's like, No, I changed. Like, I'm a new person. And or is the issue, is he a new person? I yeah, thought, maybe it's bullshit. I, I, I thought this guy saved me, but he's bullshit. If he's bullshit, then, then my... Then my redemption's save- not worth anything. Yeah, I didn't go anywhere. That's I'm true. Still, I'm still the same guy who is lost and killed his father. Like, right. If he's nothing, I'm nothing. Right. Hmm... Mm. Well, well, I think, so I think I, David Abramitz, speaking to that, David, we're going to keep talking about this. Yeah. David Abramitz, I think, brought up a good point, too. He's like, well, you're an asshole yesterday and maybe you're okay today, but like you're still an asshole to some people. And that's I saw also, I think, an interesting part of this, because like, that's how it plays out with Mac versus Dunk or Matt versus Duncan. Kieran is an asshole to Mac, but he was Matt's savior. So like, who are you? Like, you're redeemed. In some ways, re- redemption happens not within you, but within other people. Like the, the, the concept of redemption is not one that you hold. It's something someone else applies to you in this case. Like Mac says, oh, you have been redeemed. You're better now. I let you know, I release you from my old opinions of you. Yeah, but can someone who doesn't know your past give you that absolution? He was a savior to Matthew, but absent him peeping on that conversation with Mac, he never would have known this prior past. There would be nothing. There, right. there is nothing until recently in Matthew's eyes to be redeemed from. Right. It's He's just, just been a good person. Exactly. Redemption implies like a a transition from one side of the ledger to the other. The people who he helps never have to make that move for him. Mac's the only person really in this story who has to take him from the negative to the positive. All right, guys, we've talked a ton about this. We got we got sunk back into talking about it more. 
let us know. Question of the week. Does Kieran deserve to be saved? Is he redeemed? I think we could probably get some good reading. Yeah. Listener mail on yeah. the back of this. I can't <laughs> stop saying it. I don't know why. It's a natural yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, but write us. Tell us what you think. This is definitely one of the most interesting episodes we've talked about. And we might have to, if we get a lot of responses, we might have to devote a little mini so to your responses and discussing it. But yeah, this will be good. And we'll start maybe a little thread on our Facebook page about it. If, yeah, yeah. if we get that many responses, it might be a maxi episode. Ooh. Ooh All right. So pass. thanks for listening. Next week's episode is episode 14, Song of the es- 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 Song of the Escalator. <laughs> yep. yep. Song of the Executioner. I've been one of your watchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Amy. Bye. 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 You're not fat. Thank you. Eh, How much do you weigh? I'm not telling you. I'm the fattest guy here. (laughs) How much do you weigh, Kyle? 156. 150? Yeah. Mm, I wish I weighed 150. I also wish you weighed 150. My target weight is 165. Mm. Will I ever hit it? Probably not. I'm supposed to be 180 pounds. Mm. Keep the dream alive, guys. Let's drink more beer. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Good idea. Cheers, boys. So so he's handing out. Yeah, probably.